back with this week's episode of the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Andrew Schnitker. And I'm Assistant Sports Editor Camden Spate. We were supposed to have a uh, roundtable for you guys today, but Alec apparently doesn't know his days of the week, so Camden and I will be running the show for you today. To start off, NC State women's basketball's remarkable season continues. They advanced to the Sweet 16 in Greensboro, beat Maine 63-51 to in the first round at Reynolds on Saturday, beat Kentucky 72-57 to last night on Monday or a couple days ago by the time this podcast comes out. The Reynolds atmosphere Monday night in particular was really incredible. I mean, there was wasn't totally full, but I mean, the fans that were there were really loud and it was a fun time. And you look at the leaders of the team really stepping up. There were three double-doubles Monday. Kiara Leslie had 26 points, including shooting four for nine from three-point range and 10 rebounds. Alisa Kunain had 13 points and 15 rebounds, career high in rebounds for her. Didi Rogers, a four-year player for this team in her last game at Reynolds with 11 points and 11 rebounds. Kai Crutchfield had 11 points. Ace Koenig, eight points. So really the kind of starting five really carried the load for this team. Yeah, when you're talking about the atmosphere at Reynolds, it's really been incredible. I know there's a lot of talk with the men's team being there as well with how loud it is, but I think especially Aislinn Koenig on Twitter was really vocal about fans coming to the game, and I think you know NC State fans showed up, and they were loud, and it's a great atmosphere in that building, as most fans know. Uh, when you look at the production from last night, <coughs> There were, you know, the three double-doubles, obviously incredible. Ace Koenig just had eight points, but, you know, she played 33 minutes. And really only six players were playing in the game against Kentucky. So we had the the five starters had 33 minutes or more. Kunain played all 40. Kayla Jones had 12 minutes. She had three points. And Esther McGoldrick just had one minute. The depth there could be a problem later in the tournament. That's, I think the something we've been talking about the whole year but by any means I wouldn't count them out yeah I would I would say definitely I wouldn't count them out I mean you look at what they did last night 10 for 21 from three absolutely destroyed Kentucky on the boards 50 out rebounding them 50 to 31 they had 22 points in the paint 17 second chance points which again you look at all those rebounds that's what you have to do and I think the key for this team going forward is going to be to continue to work it inside with Elisa Kune. And I mean, she is a a monster and she's been playing like it. I mean, and as a true freshman center, it's going to be amazing to watch how she develops. And this team has accomplished a ton this season, their first 28 win season since 1979-80. They're going to face second seeded Iowa on Saturday at 1130 in Greensboro Coliseum. Wolfpack fans, if you can make it to Greensboro, if you live in Greensboro, go out and support this team. They've they've done a lot this season. They've overcome a lot this season, and they really deserve that. Absolutely. You look at what they've gone through with injuries. We've talked about it many a times on this podcast, but they certainly deserve all the support that they can get from NC State fans, and they'll take on a good Iowa team. That's at 1130, and then um, – if they're able to win that, then they will play the winner of Baylor in South Carolina. Yeah, and I think that that, you know, it'll be fun to see what this team can do, see if they can get past that Sweet 16 for the first time ever, get to the Elite Eight. So that'll be interesting. 
Another team on campus here that's doing pretty well. Uh, NC State baseball, number one team in the country in some polls. Yeah, they have a 23 and one overall record. The only loss coming to the third game against Florida State, eight and one in the ACC. You know, there's a number of different ranking systems that you can talk about for college baseball, but NC State is number one in collegiate baseball after beating FSU, who was their number one before. And then they're at the number five spot for D1 Baseball, Baseball America, the coaches poll, and then six for a perfect game. So that's a top six ranking in all the major polls. Yeah, and when you look at it, too, they've done this against some pretty good opponents. The Baseball at the Beach tournament that Alec and I were fortunate enough to go spend some time down at my grandparents' lovely home on the coast and see some baseball. They beat Kent State 3-2 to on a walk-off single from Patrick Bailey. Michigan State 5 nothing. The really impressive one is Coastal Carolina, who's number 12 in the D1 baseball poll. They beat at their own ballpark, which is an incredibly nice college park, by the way. They beat them 7-6 to in extra innings there. Bailey hits the go-ahead homer in the top of the 11th. So uh, Patrick Bailey had himself some fun down on the coast. Yeah, he had a pretty big weekend there being the hero in those in those two games. And then another opponent when we were talking about earlier about Florida State. Florida State 17 and 6 overall, 8, 5 and 4 in the ACC. And on the Friday game was a 16 to nothing win for the Wolfpack. McDonough had four hits, Bailey had three hits. McDonough is batting 392 on the season. He's got nine extra base hits, 23 RBIs, and 40 hits. 40 hits is the most on the team. He has stepped up huge in center field, especially when you look at losing Josh McClain from last year. That 392 average is insane. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest with you, uh, given that Johnny Butler's numbers are not the best, that Elliott Avent has not... We haven't seen more of Tyler McDonough in that leadoff spot. I do think that'll come if this continues. He's obviously not going to hit 392 all year, but definitely one of the bigger pieces from last year's team that NC State needed to replace was Josh McClain, who is such a good fielder in center field and also a very good hitter. And so far, McDonough has stepped up to the plate. You've got some others with who've had big games, that wild 9-8 to eight comeback win from down 8-4 to four in the 8th inning against Florida State. Brad Debo ties the game with a 3-run homer in the 8th. He's had a pretty good bounce-back year. He was a, had a really good season at catcher his freshman year. Didn't play a lot last year, obviously, with Patrick Bailey catching, and he kind of struggled last year, but he's been mostly DHing this year. He's batting 304. He's got two homers, 20 RBIs, and I think, you know, really when you just look at this lineup, up and down there's just so many guys producing for this team yeah you look at the meat of the order and the averages if you're just looking at batting averages is pretty good from the leadoff spot at least until one through seven so it's really an up and down lineup that anyone can do damage that saturday game ended with a mcdonough walk-off single up the middle and then uh the first loss coming on sunday against florida state which you know, you can't can't really blame NC State for that one. Florida State's a really good team. It's gonna be was gonna be very difficult to to not only win the series, but to sweep would have been really impressive. And then you look uh this past weekend, NC State traveled to Florida and swept Miami. That was a six to three win on Friday. Jason Parker pitched four innings, five hits, two runs, not his best outing of the year. 
when you look at his season stats, he has a 1.19 ERA in six starts with just over one uh, walks and hits per inning pitch. So he has stepped up huge in a starting role. Yeah, he's Jason Parker has really impressed me. He's earned that definitely earned that Friday role for NC State. When you look at Reed Johnston, who pitched in that role last year, he's had a pretty good start. That second game against Miami, he threw five and two-thirds innings. He did give up six hits and two runs, but he's starting to get together. NC State actually gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth in that game, but held on as this team continues to win games every which way, which leads us into Sunday's game and yet another crazy comeback. Yeah, that was a 6-4 to four win. NC State was down 4-2 to two and scored four runs in the top of the ninth inning. One thing I want to highlight from that top of the ninth inning was Lawson MacArthur came on, hit a pinch hit double. It really, it might be time to give him more consistent reps in the outfield. He's batting 333, 6-18, nine walks, nine runs, and mostly pinch hit opportunities. I'm sure a lot of Fans will remember him for the pinch hit grand slam against Bucknell at the beginning of the season. But when you look at this outfield, McDonough in, in center is definitely solidified, and then Butler in left seems to have that spot taken up. When you look in right field, it's been mostly Terrell Tatum, and he's been kind of struggling there. He's batting 246, but he also has 26 strikeouts, which is definitely not the rate you want to see. So I think it could be very interesting if uh, Lawson MacArthur is able to get into that starting role a little bit just to see what he can do. Also, something interesting from the Miami series, David Vasquez started two of the three games at second base. He went three for 10 in the series. Season, he's batting 275 with 12 RBIs, 13 walks. He could be an option at second base. We talked about JT Jarrett and him kind of struggling at the plate a little bit. If you want to get another guy in there with a the bat, David Vasquez, to second base could be a pretty good option also McDonough also plays second base he came in as an infielder so I think that both of those options could be really interesting to get an extra bat in the lineup yeah and I think Elliot Avent really has a lot of good options here in terms of maybe mixing in better hitters or better defenders etc you look at the bullpen for this NC State team too it's been really impressive Dalton Feeney's got a one Point ten ERA. He's thrown 16 in the third innings. Just over one walks and hits printing pitch. Kent Kleiman and Baker Nelson have pitched some important innings as well. Their ERAs are slightly higher. I've been a little surprised Kent Kleiman maybe hasn't had quite the start to the season I would have expected for him, especially as good as he was out of the Penn Frenzy State last year. But he has gotten some big innings and some big outs, and I think he's going to keep figuring it out as the season goes along. Yeah, I totally agree. I think He's come into some really difficult situations here early in the season, and and a lot of them he's been able to get out of and, and done really well. But that ERA is a little bit higher than I think he and probably the fans would like or expected. So, you know, another well, – talked about Baker Nelson. He's a freshman. He's come in. He's pitched really well as a freshman, some big innings. He's one of the guys in the bullpen that leads the bullpen in innings. He's, I think, in the top three or four guys – in innings pitched. Another one thing we talked about earlier and I want to talk about again is just that comeback mentality. NC State has 23 wins and has trailed in 13 of them. And another way to look at it, they've 
trailed in 14 total games and won 13 of them, the only loss coming to Florida State. And it's not like they've been behind by one run all these times. They've only been behind one run in three of those comebacks. A lot of them are more than one run. You have two-run comeback three times, a three-run deficit four times, the most being a, down seven runs. They were down seven runs, I believe, to NC Central and came back. That's huge to have going into the early season. It's interesting when you look at it because you never want to be down in a game. So that's definitely something negative to look at, but they're coming back most of the time. Yeah, and when you look at what's powering this team, I mean, we've talked a lot about the pitchers and some of the new guys in the lineup. The big three coming back from last year have had great seasons as well. Evan Edwards and Will Wilson and Patrick Bailey, the sophomore catcher, just really impressive with a slash line of 337, 470, 630. He's got 11 doubles, which leads the team. Four homers, 23 RBIs, 23 walks, which also leads the team. I mean... He, he's coming up with huge hits. He's got those go-ahead home runs against Coastal and NC Central, the walk-off against Kent State. I mean, Patrick Bailey has really been driving the bus for this NC State team. It seems like every time this team needs a big hit, Patrick Bailey is the one to get it. Uh, me, and, me and you were in Charlotte when he hit the three-run home run to tie it in the eighth inning. I mean, that also, thing was crushed. Good Lord, that baseball. I don't he think destroyed I've, it. I don't think I've ever seen a baseball hit that hard. Like he just destroyed it. And then he also knocked in a go-ahead run on a fielder's choice in the seventh inning against Pittsburgh. Not quite as exciting, but definitely still there. So it'll be really interesting to see what this team is able to do later in the season and as it progresses into ACC play. By the time you guys are hearing this, they will have already played Elon on Tuesday. And they have a 6 o'clock game in, on Wednesday in Greensboro against North Carolina A&T. And this weekend coming up, they will host Virginia in a three-game set. Yeah, definitely a lot of opportunity for this team. You have seen NC State baseball teams start the season hot. Not quite this hot, not quite this good, and kind of falter down the stretch and into regionals. So it'll be interesting to see if this team can avoid that. But I think that's all we have for you guys this week. We will be back next week to talk baseball, basketball, whatever else is going on. Until then, I'm Technician Sports Editor Andrew Schnicker. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Camden Spate. And that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone.